2023 was Jane Campbell's best season and goal yet. Campbell anchored one of the league's best defenses, allowing just 18 goals in 22 matches. Campbell played every minute of every game, recording eight clean sheets and her third Iron Woman season. I sat down with the 2023 NWSL Best 11 presented by MasterCard honoree to discuss her epic season and her new mental preparation that has greatly impacted her understanding of the game. Congratulations, Jane, on being named to the 2023 NWSL's Best 11 presented by MasterCard. I mean, you've had incredible seasons before, but this is your first time being on the Best 11. What does it mean to you? Yeah, I'm uh, super honored and super grateful. I mean, um, I wouldn't have predicted that this year, but um, I'm so thankful for kind of like, I guess, the nomination and to be selected for the Best 11. And um, I really just have to say thank you to my teammates for helping me have such a strong year. I mean, you know, I know it's my face and my name, but I really want to credit my teammates for all their hard work as well. So I wouldn't be there without them. Why did you say that you wouldn't have expected this award for this season? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. I, uh, you know, it's just never really been on the radar, to be honest. So um, I'm thankful it was this year. Um, You know, it's quite the honor and, you know, I am very, very thankful, but it's just something I never really expected. Yeah. Well, what is on your radar, right? Because for goalkeepers, you're, you're 28 years old now. They say that you start to to peak later in your career relative to field players. Do you think that you are in that sweet spot? You know, I I hope not. I hope I'm still young, but at the same time, you know, I've been here seven years and um, to me, that seems really old. So um, I hope I'm still on the younger side um, of the mountain. Um, I, you know, I know goalkeeping lifespans are, are much longer, like you said, than field players. So, you know, that is something that I guess I'm a little bit fortunate uh, to have on my side is a little bit of time, but, you know, tomorrow this all could end. So um, I'm just thankful I had a really good year and um, I'm hoping that, you know, the years to come, I do start to peak. I hope this is kind of just the beginning. And um, I'm kind of kicking myself because I think earlier on in my career, I was just that young athletic buck that thought they knew it all. And I clearly didn't. And I've learned so much in my seven years as a pro. And um, I'm thankful that this year, it just, it all came together. Uh, You know, I, again, it's me, but it's really the team's effort this year that it really came together defensively for us. Yeah, but you personally feel like perhaps things are coming together for you as well, because I know you're going to give credit to your back line. That is what the best goalkeepers always do. But what did you learn? You talked about thinking you knew it all early on. You know, now you're in a different phase. What what does that phase look like? I think just coming out of college, you know, everyone, everyone who gets drafted or not even drafted, but you just make the pro teams, right? You, you are that big fish in that small pond in college. And then coming into the pro game, you quickly become the tiniest little minnow. And obviously the last few years, we've seen some really young players really, really shine in this league, which is awesome. But I was not one of those. And, you know, early on in my career, I think I was humbled quite quickly and I'm very thankful for that. But I think I just really relied on just my athleticism. I didn't really use my brain all that much. And, you know, the game just evolves every year. Um, It gets faster, it gets stronger. People are more intelligent and, there's just so much evolution in our game, which is so exciting. So I think for me, the last maybe three or four years, I think I really just tried to learn more about the game and find different trends and patterns and see if I can apply that in my training as well, not just rely on the physical side of things. And, you know, this year, I think 
as a staff and as a collective with the players, we really all were on the same page in regards to, you know, scouting and training and what we were trying to accomplish every day. And, you know, for me that it really did help my performance in each game. So um, I think for me, my brain kind of clicked on the last few years, which I'm thankful for. So hopefully it stays on uh, the rest of my career. (laughs) What resources were you utilizing when you talked about looking at trends and, and things you wanted to implement in your game in particular? Yeah, I'm, I think I've learned over the years that I'm a huge visual learner. You know, you and I could be talking, you could tell me some sort of pattern you see in a game and I might understand it. But if I see it on a screen or even just a little PowerPoint photo, I'll have it memorized for life. So um, this year I was really, really adamant that I made sure I saw photos and uh you know, clips of players if we're playing a certain team and making sure I can just identify that in the run of play. And the cool thing about our sport is that there's not really one set player, set pattern, obviously. So um, if you can, you know, at least for me, if I can recognize a pattern that's about to start, maybe it might not be the exact same of what I saw in the scout, but it could be similar. And um, I think that just really helped me calm my nerves a bit in the game. And, you know, I always say that if I prepare in the week, then come game time, I don't really need to be also nervous because I've prepared the best I can and the rest of kind of is out of my hands, you know? So, but I know if I don't prepare in the week, then I'm going to be kicking myself. This is super fascinating to me because I'm the first one to say, I know nothing about being a goalkeeper. And you're telling me that you're actually looking for, for certain movements and patterns of play collectively from the opposition or individually. And so you can then react to what you expect will be their shot. Is that, am I understanding you correctly? Yeah, pretty much. Um, at least that's how I learned, you know, again, like I'm super visual. So if I saw a clip of someone or, or even just a build out from the other team's goalkeeper all the way up to their front line and I can identify some things, I hopefully can try and like almost predict what's going to happen. Obviously, I'm not going to really predict the whole game, but I think I'll just have a better understanding of what could happen. So then at least I can organize the people in front of me and maybe they'll end up blocking a shot that won't even get to me and it's no problem. So um, for me, that's how I learn. And I think it just really, really uh, was important this year to make that impact defensively. Yeah, that that sounds really incredible and something that to your point, it can steady you because you have that confidence knowing that, that this is a pattern that's recognizable. Is there a striker that you face that you think is more deceptive than any other striker in the league? That's a good question. Um, I'll have to tip my hat to Jaden Shaw this year. I mean, the goal she scored against us when we were away at San Diego, I thought was class. I mean, she faked me out and, uh, you know, I thought she was going to play a ball across to Alex and lo and behold, she sure didn't. And (laughs) she ended up scoring. So um, hats off to her is a great finish. And um, she's done quite well. I haven't really played against her a lot. Obviously, she's so young, has a bright future. Um, Savannah McCaskill obviously, you know, makes waves in LA and, um, she's super fun to watch and grown up with her and she's just really evolved through her career, um, as a pro too. So she's really exciting. Um, obviously Trinity Rodman's lightning fast. Lynn Williams is so clinical and, you know, I mean, I could go on and on. Um, it's really, uh, really fun to play against all of them though. They all, I mean, every forward in this league brings something so different and, um, you really have to pay attention to everybody's characteristics because they're, you can't, you can't really compare one to the other. They're all so different, which is so cool in this league. Yeah. So you study those individuals before you probably face them on the weekend. I do my best. Um, I'm, I certainly don't cover all the bases, but 
um, you know, everyone brings out a little bit of flair that you can't ever predict. Right. Um, and that's the cool thing about our sport, but really just the forward line and any, any attacking player, their mindset is just so creative and it's not really, you know, we don't really have that creative flair in the back. You know, it's always yeah. keep it safe, keep it simple, but I'll do <laughs> yeah, if you do, you're on try. the bench. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. If you make, if you make one mistake, you're done. So, uh, yeah. I do my best to study them, but you know, sometimes it doesn't really play in my favor. Well, you've also been incredible at penalties, right? So what is the skill there? Obviously you do your homework, but what is the skill that you have in eight that allows you to be so exceptional? I think just from such a young age, I was told, I don't know if it's true or not, but I was told that, you know, the player has some wildly large percentage to make it right. And I have a really small percentage to save it. And I've kind of just stuck with that my whole life. And I'm hoping it's true because I keep telling people that, but <laughs> I think for me, like when I, when the, when a penalty is called or you're in a shootout, it's kind of like, well, I have literally have nothing to lose. I'm supposed to fail. I'm not supposed to save this. So at that moment, my mind just switches and it's like, well, here we go. I mean, what, what could literally go worse? I mean, we're either going to get scored on or we're not. And so for me, it really just calms my nerves. And then, you know, it's almost like I just take a big deep breath and I kind of just like step into my office and I'm like, okay, here I am for a business meeting, you know, like, let's get it going. And, uh, that's just my approach. I mean, I do it every, every time, whether it's the run of play or a shootout and it just keeps me really calm. And, you know, I guess, fortunately it's worked out um, a little bit in my favor, but, um, you know, they're tough. They are quite hard to save, to be sure. We got to get you your own podcast called Step Into My <laughs> Office. That is so good. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to start a little smack talking every time the penalties yeah. come up. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to my office. Yeah. What are you particular? You talked about the mental game that you're now evolving in from a goalkeeper standpoint. What else are you now trying to layer on top of, of that new piece of your game? I think now I really want to just expand you know, kind of globally um, and what the women's game is, you know, kind of providing and also evolving towards. Um, I know our league, obviously people say it's super transitional. It's really fast and physical, um, which it certainly is. But then other leagues around the world are different, which is great, but you don't really see the leagues really mixing all that much yet in the styles. And so for me, I really would love to study players out of our league and not that, um, you know, I shouldn't really focus all that much because if they're not in our league, I'm not going to face them. But it's interesting because I do wonder, you know, what league is going to kind of trend first. And that's kind of the cool thing about soccer is when even the men's game, some something trends and whether it's a formation or a style of play, something will trend and then people will follow. And I wonder which league in the women's game is going to trend first. And, um, you know, if someone else trends first, I kind of want to be on top of it. So, um, I think I do kind of want to start really watching women's soccer outside of our league a bit more and see if I can pick up different patterns from their leagues and, you know, their styles and see if it could apply in the NWSL. Yeah, that, that's actually really fascinating. The macro perspective for a goalkeeper I'm talking to Keelan Sheridan the other day, she mentioned how she wants to evolve. Yes. We've seen goalkeepers play out of the back you know, because Pep started that, I would say what, 10 years ago or so, but there's another level in goalkeeper's ability to actually influence the, the offensive side of the game. Do you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, I've, I think that's been a huge strong suit of mine. Obviously Kaylin's that's her bread and butter. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a, definitely a huge trend, but you kind of saw it first in 
the men's game and now it's really hitting the women's game and um you know hats off to Kaylin she's kind of really started that trend for the women's side internationally as well so I think it's a huge huge part of the women's game now I mean any kid playing who's you know 10 and up I mean they got to be able to play with their feet and be able to ping balls left right and center to really start the attack because it's such an important piece and you can clean up stuff behind the back line where your defenders don't have to run 60 more yards and simple stuff like that. But I do think we're essentially like the 11th field player now, whereas before we were kind of just thrown back there and kind of just hope you yeah. make it, hope you make the save. Right. So yeah, um, it's definitely, definitely a huge trend right now. And I hope it stays that way. It's really fun to play high like that. Talk about hoping to make the save. I'm always fascinated by this goalkeepers. Of course you want less shots, less shots, better outcomes, right. That you're face. But do you actually, thrive in chaos when you're just getting peppered by moments or do you prefer to be able to be set make your read and try to make your save i mean personally i don't want the chaos <laughs> but chaos does occur all the time right um you know i think if you're controlled in the chaos then to me it's not really chaos and um you know houston we've had tons of chaotic moments you know i think we all can uh we all can say that and uh which is great but it's really challenged us and i think in those moments if we're all communicating and on the same page then the chaos kind of just goes away even though it probably looks chaotic from the outside so um for me you know whatever comes my way in the game i'm yeah. gonna we're gonna have to deal with it right but um chaos can be fun obviously for the entertainment but i'm sure everyone would prefer less chaos <laughs> Well, let's talk about Houston because you guys, you know, you had a high of winning a challenge cup, but you also haven't been as consistent as a club, I would say season to season as you would probably anticipate or, or like, you know, from the inside, what is it going to take for you guys to get Houston moving up that, that ladder and, and back in playoff contention next season? I think just for me, my one thing would probably be just be like stability. Um, We've got to be able to maintain the core of players and build off the core, whoever the core may be, right? Um, whoever the coach decides. And I hope we get a coach that, you know, will stick around for years to come and really build whatever they envision this club to be. And, um, you know, I don't think you can build any business without stability. So that would be my first thing. And, you know, Houston, I'll say it loud enough for the people in the back. It's an amazing city. And, you know, this club has so much potential and, um, I think from the outside, it gets a bad rep for some reason, probably because of the heat. But, you know, when everyone comes here, they love it. And uh, our locker room is an incredible locker room. And um, there's just so much potential here. And I know we can do really great things. What do you love about Houston? Ooh, the food is great. I have to say that um, the weather doesn't bug me just being from Atlanta. So um, being hot and stuff isn't too bad. But I love the food. The people are just so welcoming and it's so diverse and you can go anywhere in the city and find any sort of person, any sort of food. And um, I think that's just really, really cool. You don't really have it in any other city in the world right now, or at least in our country, not the world. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I love Houston when I've been able to visit. It's been a while though. Can you tell me all about the tats, your sleeves? Oh yeah. Yes. I really want to know. We might need to edit it for my mother, but <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, my sleeve, I got it when I was, I think it was my 21st or maybe 18th birthday present to myself. I uh, I told my parents that when I was really young that I was going to get a bunch of tattoos and I don't think they really believed me, but I did. And um, I coached when I was in college and saved up all this cash and 
you know, got myself a sleeve, but the whole sleeve is actually dedicated to my family. Everything on it is for my brother, my mom, and my dad. And um, a couple things are for myself, but most of it's for my family. There's flowers on there for each person and um, a couple things for my brother and uh, let's see, the state of Georgia and a couple quotes. So yeah, it's all for my family. Your parents come to every match, do they not? Not every, but they do try and make it out to at least a few of the home games, which has been great. Um, they always make it to Orlando because it's a quick, my mom likes to drive there. So they go to Orlando and then they always try and go to North Carolina because again, it's a quick trip for them driving, yeah. even though they could probably fly and make it quicker. But um, yeah, they try to come out as, as much as they can. <laughs> I remember seeing them at the Stanford games. Oh yeah. They, they loved coming to Stanford. They were like, the weather out here is perfect. You know, everything's great out here. And I was like, well, you might as well just move on out then. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we'll, we'll take more. Come on. yeah, We'll take it. Yeah. Jane would love to know what your priceless moment would be from the 2023 season. My priceless moment from the 2023 season was when I believe we got eight shutouts and that was a dash record or it tied a dash record. Um, I can't actually remember what game it was. It might've been Louisville um, away, but it was towards the end of the year. And I think that moment just for the year, I think it really just told us how good we were defensively. And that just meant to me that we were a really hard team to beat. And I thought it was really cool. I mean, we didn't reach our goal. Our goal at the beginning of the year was to get 10 shutouts this season. And I know we fell short, but to tie the dash record after so many seasons, I think it really just proved to us that all the work we put in defensively this year really paid off. And um, obviously we wish we could have gotten 10, but there's always next year. But I think that game, we really all kind of came together and we were like, wow, we were, we were pretty good this year defensively. And I think we're all really proud of that. So that would be my priceless moment for 2023. Congratulations, because I know that as a goalkeeper, you take a ton of pride in, in shutouts but you gave a lot of respect to your back line for helping you achieving that feat. Yeah. Regardless, you are the leader of that back line and it's been fun to watch you this season and watch you grow. So I know more exciting stuff to come from you in the future. Congratulations again, Jane. Thank you so much.